Cinema Limbo podcast is part of Podnose, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. For episode archives of Cinema Limbo and all of the shows on the network, visit us at www.podnose.com. You can also follow us on Twitter via at Podnose or send us an email via admin at podnose.com. Welcome, friends. I have entered your sphere of world to bring you a terrible warning. Events such as these you are about to comprehend could afflict you at any time, leaving only rumors and tragedy in their wake. My name is Jeremy Phillips, writer, critic, and dream weaver, and you are listening to Cinema Limbo. Tonight's cautionary tale is a commentary for the 1966 tale of terror, Manos, the Hands of Fate, for which I am joined by my fellow astronaut into the unearthly, Chris Armsby. I urge you, friends, please do not discard my fears. Can you know that this story will not have happened to you? We're working without notes. Mm. We've both seen the movie before. Yes. But I said working without notes. I have the Wikipedia page <laughs> open. What, what open. more do you need? Yeah. And uh, listener, we thought you'd be interested in watching with us the, the 1966 anti-classic Manos, The Hands of Fate. So cue up your YouTube viewing, or if you're super lucky, your Blu-ray. If you're watching on YouTube, we're watching one from Legal Movie Archive, because the film's out of print, it's out of copyright legally, so don't worry about having to pay for it unless you really want to. And get ready, press play, now. Well, already, this looks... This looks like a last known film. <laughs> it, yes, I mean, it, it, what it looks like is um, that Mitchell and Webb sketch. Um, just remain indoors. You know, it, oh my god, it is remain indoors, isn't it? It looks like, you know, I, I mean, obviously the fact that it's been badly encoded for YouTube, but it looks post apocalyptic. And. I don't know anything... I, I deliberately didn't do any research for this film because it's terrible. Yes, it's terrible. And, okay, it's, it shouldn't I, be surprising that you thought it was terrible. I know that it's famously supposed to be the worst movie ever made, although there's plenty of competition for that, and it's um, been parodied on... Mystery Science Mystery Theater Science, Yeah. But at the same time, I... I <sighs> I can't work out. It was made as a. It's actually made as a film. <laughs> this, this film was made on purpose. It's not just a holiday. Somebody's holiday. Obviously, yeah. Because it appears to have been made on location silently. Yeah. Because there's terrible redubbing going on. The kid seems to be voiced by one of the the actresses, I think. Yeah. And the music sounds like the cocktail party of the damned. Uh, <laughs> just. 
I really like the movie starts with a, a completely pointless scene of nothing happening. Oh. And then we go into the title sequence, which consists of just the opening titles. Now they're being pulled over by the cops. Um, the background to the movie is amazing. It's like the reverse of the Ed Wood story. <laughs> um, the lead actor is Hal P. Warren, who is also the writer, producer, director. Okay. He uh, was active in the local theatre scene in El Paso, Texas. He also had a bit part in a TV show called Route 66. And he met on that the writer, Sterling Siliphant, who was doing pretty well in Hollywood at the time. And he bet Siliphant that he could make a movie himself. That this whole movie-making thing, it's a piece of cake. He could do this, no problem at all. Oh. And so he used his income from being a fertiliser salesman um, appropriately enough to gather together funds to make this movie now having they've now set off of course to wherever it is they think they're going this is I think where the titles are supposed to be that would make sense actually because we just have shots of rolling countryside hmm no, that's... Th- and no dialogue as well, so that, that would make sense, actually, that, that, yes, this is meant to be a credit sequence. So Valley Lodge, that was where they were going to. Yeah. <sighs> I think that, that sign looks like it was made by the production because they yeah. ran out of a room before they thought, Paul, well, that is it. So now they're going back the other way. <laughs> and, I mean, the other, the other strange thing about it is that... Um, I know it's it's vexing, isn't uh, it? It just, yeah, yeah. It, it just baffles me. Um, I mean, there's the, presuming it was filmed around Texas, then yeah, around El, 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 El Paso, because it's not doing much. It's not doing much as a tourist film for Come to Beautiful <laughs> come El Paso. To, come to Beautiful, nothing. I mean, this really is limbo. And I mean, obviously, then you've got a couple furiously necking for to get the teenage audience in. Um, well, these scenes have no relationship with the rest of the movie. No, they're crazy um, beatniks. The, um, I think the, uh, is it that the actress there, actually, you can't see in the shot, but she actually has a broken leg. <laughs> is that right? It just, it, I wouldn't be at all surprised. Um, this strikes me as a film where everybody involved had some sort of terrible impediment. Um, it's... No, she broke her foot, and um, she's supposed to be one of the uh, wives we see later on. But as a way of keeping her in the movie, these extra scenes were created Mm. of her and her boyfriend in a car doing nothing. Yeah, but then again, if you didn't have these... I mean, this film is is clocked in, what, 68 minutes? Yeah, it's an hour and eight minutes. (sighs) A a tight edit of this movie would would be a lean 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you could... You could lop all of this stuff out. You could start the film with them pulling up outside um, Torgo's place. Valley Lodge. Is it? I suppose it probably is beautiful downtown Valley Lodge, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I thought that's the name of the house. Yeah. Well, they think it's a hotel. And yeah, so you could lose all this. So I know that. 
isn't it generally considered that if a film clocks in a less than about 78 minutes or something it's not technically a film I think well the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences that's a, that's a weird cut there from nothing to nothing Oh, in a minute when the police car when the police car drives up to the necking couple in a minute, if you watch the uh, right hand side of the screen, I think you can see a clapperboard yeah. going up. Yeah. And <laughs> the the the, uh, the academy says that the actual cutoff limit is forty minutes. Oh, that, okay. that you missed just missed no, it. Look down, yeah. Um, yeah, it's forty minutes. Um. So it would qualify with the with the tight end. Yeah, it is. I mean, there are Laurel and Hardy features that are an hour long. <laughs> yeah, but they actually have events that have got. See again, a really awful cut of mm. nothing to nothing. There's <sighs> you. I always don't want to, picking on this feels like bullying. I mean, you get films that are genuinely that are bad. That. Let's take Doctor Doolittle as an example. Um, I think we're allowed to refer to other films within the series. Well, um, you have to tune in in a couple of weeks to find out what we think of Doctor Doolittle. Okay, sorry, I, I, I've blown that one. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, we can actually. Uh, but I can't think of another example now. Um, but yeah, there of, were, of what terrible movies the, that deserve to be. Yeah, act. there were proper terrible movies Any that are made by yeah Hollywood studios that should Batman versus Superman. Yeah, everyone involved should be thoroughly ashamed. This, this, and, this uh, hotel has a very long driveway. Yeah, and and sort of having a go at this almost feels like punching down or something. Well, but, the thing is that I I would agree with you, but Warren managed to make himself so unpopular while he was making the movie that everyone knew it was complete garbage yeah it's not like with Ed Wood where he was motivating people and saying no we're making something great this is going to be you know this is going to be a big hit mm. and he was really able to uh, get the best out of people here Warren was had this just bloody mindedness into winning a bet with someone he was oh, never going to no. see again he wrote people in I mean, the other thing was, was monomaniacal in this insane quest to get this film made. Where did this place come from? It wasn't here a few minutes ago. I mean, the other thing about this, and, and the, the, oh dear, we're about to come to the introduction of my favourite character, and possibly everybody's favourite character when they see this film. Um, but it's what what's good about it is that you can watch this, and it actually makes you understand the basics of making a film that suddenly you understand why cutaway shots exist and yeah. how editing works it, it is like a, a miniature masterclass of this is how this is this is how it works if you don't know what you're doing mm. do the opposite of this yeah. or think about why what you're looking at doesn't work yeah by having long scenes of nothing happening yeah that's I mean, why you don't have padding in a movie and presumably and like right now where we're just cutting backwards and forwards between the car and Torgo and the car and yeah. Torgo and then the family gets out and I'm aware that I'm narrating the film now but that's partly out of frustration already but you don't need to see the father walk all the way around the car and let everyone out you can actually just cut it down and, and we'll take that stuff for granted but presumably they had to use every scrap of footage well they used a camera that was hand wound. I, I take care of the place while the master is away. 
Torgo is really acting there, isn't he? Yes. Um, the, the camera could only take 32 seconds of footage at a time. So uh, there's some really odd decisions about mm. how much, how long shots are going to run. We only want to know where Valley Lodge is. Which way do we go? Yeah, and I mean, equally... I suppose because they because they only have one camera and because they but they will there's a shot coming up <laughs> uh. do something of what I'm sorry I promised myself I wouldn't use any of the lines from Mystery Science Theatre 3 <laughs> but someone just say which well, she says she says she's going and someone says of what yeah a poor twitching guy yeah there is no way out of here no way out I haven't watched the Mystery Science Theatre version yet. I will go back it's, and watch it. It's after. very good. Yeah. I don't like the looks of the place. Well, it seems we have no alternative. Well, how about it, Torgo? Can we spend the night here? Well, I don't know what else we can do. <laughs> See, and they're just dubbing it over a yeah. shot of him standing there. And they just... And the master wouldn't approve. I, I like the, the way that the, these two... Just turn up and then decide that they can come marching in. <laughs> they very nearly deserve everything that happens to them because they're just being incredibly rude. Look at this. Look at how he's squeezed right on one side of the mm. shot, and there's and there. What's yeah, going yeah. on there? Yeah, they always they're supposed the... to be looking at each other, but they're facing the same way. Yeah. They're all facing the wrong way, and there's a lot of extra space, like in front of Torgo and behind. Um, yeah, I don't know Jim. Who cares what his name is? Michael, I think his name. Has a face for radio. Um, <laughs> and again, just cut, cut from someone doing nothing mm. to someone doing nothing. While, while, while a cat runs up and down the piano. Someone sets the piano to overdrive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set this piano for the heart of the sun. <laughs> My God! And look at something happen. And the spacing, as you say, get everybody closer together in the middle of the frame. Um, ah. And in a minute, I think when in a minute Torg is going to go and collect the luggage, I think yeah. it's here. They walk off. The thirty seconds on the camera is obviously up, so they they cut, cut to the side. And th- this is a that's where you would insert a reaction shot. And this deserves a reaction shot. Well, yes. The music. The, firstly, the music. Yes. Oh, <laughs> run out of music. <laughs> and um, what's going on below Torgo's waist? I did. I'm trying to think of a way of phrasing this that doesn't make me sound like some kind of deviant. I did, <laughs> I did become mildly obsessed by Torgo's trousers because I couldn't quite work out what was going on. Now, have they stuffed tennis balls in there or something? Now, this is actually quite a weird story. Oh, God. Supposedly, Torgo is supposed to be a satyr. Really? What? Yeah. Okay. So, those are supposed to be padding under his trousers to give the impression of like backwards facing legs and that he has hooves see Manos hands hands and also Torgo's got a little hand on the end of his stick yes Um, see subtlety Um, I mean then that sorry um, but um, the the problem is this was all made out of metal and John Reynolds the actor playing Torgo wore them the wrong way round Oh, really? Which means that his knees look enormous and he has difficulty walking. Mm. No one ever told him that he was doing it wrong. Which you... I no one ever mentions that there's anything weird about him either, which is why it ends up looking so strange. Yeah. I... 
I just I assumed that it was meant to be that kind of oh look we're not in civilized parts anymore. I thought maybe it was meant to be some. You thought he was supposed to hillbilly that had something. a towel. Now there's the master. Now I do want to bring this up in a minute. The other thing that's weird or sad rather, um, again cut to same thing. Yeah. Uh, John Reynolds actually killed himself before the movie was released. Um, oh, only really? a few months after the movie was finished, apparently he had drug issues of some sort. He actually shot himself uh, in the head with a shotgun uh-huh. before the movie was released. And this was his only film. Um, Jackie Naiman, who plays the little girl, yeah. said that he was actually a very good actor yeah. and a very nice man. But his performance becomes even weirder because he was dubbed and he wasn't dubbed by himself. Oh. Almost all the male actors are dubbed by Hal Warren himself. <laughs> which is why they all sound the same. And I think there was only one woman doing all the female yeah. voices. Oh, that's, which leads on to one of my favourite scenes later on towards the end when the wives of Manor start arguing among themselves. No, it's, it's the wives of the master. Oh, sorry, the wives of the... I thought... I've lost the thread of this already. So Manos ma- isn't the master. Ma- Manos is the god they worship. Ah. The thing that really worries me is they're in a hotel and the master there looks worryingly like Basil Fawlty. <laughs> and that means Torgo is Manuel. It would kind of put a lot of stuff, which means that the wives are all Sybil. They're all Sybil. Yeah. I mean, he's... He's from Barcelona. That's why he's weird. He's definitely... He's trying... You know, with all the constant twitching and stuff, he's trying something he's interesting. Made, he's made a choice, yeah. and he's committed to it. Yeah. And I said, apparently he was a good actor. Yeah. He's not... He's, he's definitely putting more effort in. Yes. Okay, assuming that's a choice and not a symptom of something. Well, the, this is the... one. Well, I hope it isn't. Yeah. Um... I mean, the girl... I mean, the, the cut of the other bread, she doesn't really... Yeah. She can't really blame her for doing anything. Also, the little girl is played by the daughter of the actor who plays the master, who made his own costume. <laughs> what with the... What the, will the come big, to the, the costume? Big, the big robe. He made it himself. And apparently, for years afterwards, every year, he would wear it for Halloween to scare trick-or-treaters. Oh, well, good. Really thing. entering into the spirit of it. And uh, he's... I believe he's passed away. His daughter, little Jackie now wears the robe on Halloween in his head I mean I think that's lovely is there it's not yeah I mean that's that's kind of nice and that it's a nice little family tradition grew out of this this is is the movie they made yeah exactly oh there There goes the the dog that's the last we'll see of him how come this movie is out of copyright I mean, it's made because it was never copyrighted in the first place. Oh, okay. It's the same mistake that was made with um, *Night of the Living Dead*. Oh, there's no copyright notice on the movie, and it was never registered for copyright. Okay. So if you can get hold of a, I'd also a like copy, to... you can distribute it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd also like to point out, of course, this this guy's driving around with a gun. He's gone on a family holiday with a gun. I just feel that that is... That's, you know, Texas. Lax. Yeah. And to be fair, he does need it because uh, they're all roaming around outside and there's some weird monster. What? 
No, it's... And it's see, the editing of this is an absolute it's, it's, terror. Well, it's because it, there you see again, because she started... And it makes you realise how much you take um, bridging shots and things for granted. Yeah. Because it covers those... Because no film is going to be perfect, and the, the continuity is always going to be a bit of a nightmare. And you cut to a reaction shot, and it covers the fact that people have shuffled around a bit, or that yeah. somebody's standing where they are. Yeah, I mean that's what I find most interesting about this is that it's just like a how not to yeah. see like just now it was faded out to a shot of him lifting up the dog's body and carrying mm. it away, then fade out again. Yeah, and now into them telling her her dog is dead. Yes, and a very awkward cut to the same thing. Yeah, and that's oh. the world's most disgusting sofa. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't let my child sit. Why are they? I mean, as, as you said, they just seem to have imposed themselves yeah, on this place. I said it was a hotel. It's not a hotel, it's just a house. So yeah. they say, yeah, we can stay here, can't we? To all go, well, yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, they've, they've bullied some poor guy. Into, and then they have the gall to sit around complaining about how awful it is. And, oh, no, now our dog's been killed. Well, well, that's your. And hey, Torgo! Yeah, Torgo, get in here, Torgo. And and he's got real difficulty just getting through the yeah. door. I wonder if the twitching, if he put the leg braces on the wrong way around... Um, or if, pain? Well, no, or more just that he's thinking, well, this doesn't... I can't walk properly, therefore I need to do some other stuff to try and make it look like this is all part of a single performance. I don't know. Um... Why is the car making motorbike noises? <laughs> I'll tell you, the, my one really nerdy fact about this film, um, I sat there and watched it all the way through the closing credits in Stunned Silence. The people credited with doing the sound is the Glen Glen Film Company, who I remember as they worked on Star Trek. They worked on everything. I know. So this film was professionally sound edited. Or at least somebody went in and used the Glen Glen Studios when they weren't doing something else. Well, maybe it's they use the dubbing studios. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that they would actually do this deliberately. Because Star Trek was being no. made at the same time. Actually, it was 66, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a, what a charming young woman you well, are. She also said it without moving her lips. Oh, yeah, I've kind I of... Mean, there was a script to this movie. I suppose that. I suppose that might be, because obviously, even if you've gone on location without a sound crew, and presumably <laughs> that was what when the when the. Uh, he's really acting up a storm, isn't he? He's and then. I, 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 Blurry, out of focus shot by the cinematographer who's. Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna be Warren again. I know it is. No, it isn't. It's Robert Guidry. Did he work on anything else? I don't believe so. I did actually go through. I checked throughout the IMDb. Oh. Virtually no one who worked on this worked on anything else. And I think that the few hits I did get were where people have had the same name. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, she's turned up, as you say, as a family, they have imposed themselves on 
on this poor guy and now they're standing around talking about how unpleasant it is and what a dump and yes I mean okay you've just had a attempted sexual assault from Torgo accompanied with some disturbing sexy music for some reason because the tone deaf music supervisor thinks that any shot that has women in should be sexy the movie's premiere it had a premiere (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of assumed it was just thrown into a gutter it was actually it was a uh, charity event oh again this just makes me feel bad what what was the it was a local charity supporting those with cerebral palsy um yeah and then we see Torgo it was Um, Warren actually managed to get hold of a searchlight (laughs) <laughs> to put out something but he could only afford one limousine so it would just go around the block picking people up and dropping them off outside the front of the cinema uh, little little Jackie Naaman apparently cried because uh, of the way she'd been dubbed oh right yeah that makes sense and a local paper which is I think the only contemporary review described it as a brave experiment See, that's the great thing about local papers. Because they know everybody, they can't be too offensive when it comes to reviewing things. Also, also says that Torgo is clearly the hero of the movie. Oh! <laughs> Torgo, do this Torgo. Torgo, get our local. I'll have a Waldorf salad. <laughs> Yeah. Where's the duck, Torgo? <laughs> I can't get over how short he is. I mean, I suppose he's he's not standing up straight because of his oh, legs. Yeah. But it, again, it it's it does. I mean, it just look and look everyone's live places. He looks like he's walking around on his knees. Yeah, but he's got very long thighs. Yeah. I think the, 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 the jacket as well kind of it hides the top of it. Let's go back and stare at the pan here. The, the jacket kind of hides the top part of yeah. his legs, so it's kind of hard to gauge, but, gauge how tall he is. Forgotten. I'll never forget. And he's gone. I just hope... No, she isn't. Oh, Debbie hasn't gone. She's right behind you. Yes. What are you talking about? She's right there. All right, now she's going. But here, yeah. Editing there. Here goes the the world's most neglectful parents again. Oh my god, Michael! She's um, <laughs> she's, she's so been... it's so terrible, Chris. <laughs> and as I say, I I kind of I remember going to see a screening of um, Plan Nine from Outer Space at the BFI. And I kind of ended up in sympathy with the film because there's something about being in a room with a bunch of people laughing, and it, and, it, and maybe I'm over sentimentalising it because, but I was just saying, you know, I kind of want to go. Well, everybody tried hard, but actually, in this case, I mean, I compare it with something like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I think is genuinely a rubbish film. No, I haven't seen it. But yeah. I think with that. It was made by people who were generally professionals. Yeah. And it, it's less like the whole let's put on a show right here yeah. aesthetic that mm. you have with Manos, even though they hated making it, and yeah. you have with Plan 9. Yeah. Um, 
plan, I mean, plan nine is it's charming in it's so weird. Yes. And the dialogue is. I mean, the dialogue on this is just banal nonsense. In plan nine, no one would deliberately write dialogue that mm. strange. And you've got people as well. You've got Criswell, who I always remember being slightly frightened because he's got a very booming way of speaking. Yeah. And I always remember being mildly fascinated by just by the tone of his voice and the way that he delivered his lines. And you've got Tor Johnson as well, haven't you? And, yeah. And the guy... Um, the guy playing Bella The guy Lugosi. playing... Yes, the guy playing Bella Lugosi. Yeah. His wife's chiropractor, think, yeah. who looked absolutely nothing like him. Don't point the gun oh. at your daughter. No, it isn't. Well, it would be hard to tell. I mean, but the... I keep wanting to... I'm going to say this once to get out of my system. I'm going to make some comment about the blind cinematographer. (laughs) I feel that if I make that comment too often, it's going to sound like I'm, again, being unnecessarily cruel or something. Well, um, in that shot, we managed to see the only two members of the cast or crew who were paid. Um, Jackie got a bike, (laughs) and the dog got a large amount of dog food. Oh, good for him. Good for him. They obviously, you know who had the good agents, though, don't you? <laughs> well, I think it helps if your dad is the villain of the movie. You yeah, can intimidate that's the director a bit. That's not a human well, child no. speaking. It's, it's so almost incomprehensible yeah, as well. I mean, was it so difficult to get a chance? I mean, even if you couldn't get Jackie, little Jackie. Yeah. Just find a girl, a young girl, to do that voice. I think sometimes there is a there's, there's a long tradition of of getting adults in to do to dub kids as sort of weird high piping voices. Yeah. I don't know if it's to do with child labour laws or something. Obviously, we're now talking. Yeah, about... uh, but but here they're clearly shooting at night. Hmm. There are lots of scenes where they are shooting at night. Yeah. Rather than shooting day for night. Which is probably a mm. bit beyond their understanding. Well, you'd have to wear a lens. You'd have to have like lenses and cameras and and ability. And, and I like to imagine the blind cinematographer out there going, "Is it night or day?" <laughs> <laughs> you fool! Such things are only for the rich. Yes. Apparently, this is actually a real location. All these pillars and things are actually real. That's not oh, a set. Wow. I mean, I can imagine that none of this is sets. But a lot of it is yeah, like no, I, a I know what you mean. It's just that they they walked up somewhere and went, "Can we film here?" Um, and yes and obviously now the introduction of the, the so this is the master who the guy from Sparks is it Ron Mile how do you pronounce Ron it Mayle. Ron Mile. he kind of reminds me of, he's got a way of squinting or of, of looking with one eye wide open that reminds me of Ron Mile yeah very James Finlayson almost mm. you were his first wife I also get the feeling. Do you think Torgo would have liked Ghostbusters Three? Seems to have a problem with women. He's he's fascinated by them and yet repulsed by them. Yeah. It's a and also again all the the moths flying around. Yeah, and it's it's the fact they're shooting at night and it, everything's really overlit. Hmm. Or so it's not. It's not only that it's overlit. It's just lit badly. Yes. I mean, presumably you could actually have staged. The, I wonder if you could have. St- uh, I don't know what's going on here now. Um, you could have filmed this in the daytime with black drapes, I guess. 
And frankly, for the picture quality, it wouldn't have made a great deal of difference. Well, this is a very ropey old quality yeah. copy. I mean, I can imagine yeah. at the time it would have looked probably fine. I guess when you see it in the original 70mm cinemascope, it well, looks quite it's, good. It's been remastered for a Blu-ray release <laughs> in 4K, and wow. I've seen stills from it, and it looks fantastic. Wow. Really, really amazing quality. They've got, gone through... It was, there was a, it was a big Kickstarter thing. Where they went and they went through systematic every single frame, clearing up all the tram lines wow. and dirt, and it looks amazing. You can see the despair on the actors' faces. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see like a proper remastering mm. of Tramline Fantasy Space. In fact, I'd like to see a proper remastering of Laurel and Hardy because yeah, um, I've you know, in the last few years I've gone through and watched their entire back catalogue, and the best quality. Um, Oh, oh, Torgo. The best quality um, uh, one I saw, a film I saw, was one that I watched uh, uh, was public domain on YouTube. <laughs> There's a copy of The Flying Deuces on YouTube, which is better quality than the DVDs released wow. by Universal. I, 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 I'm... So, they've walked up at a house, they've invited themselves in, the dog's dead. The child is distressed. They found a weird, creepy room. So naturally, she goes back to the disgusting bedroom and changes into her sexy negligee. Don't forget the giant dog. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they've put. And given the state of that couch, I wouldn't let the <laughs> kid anywhere near the bed. <laughs> yeah, Torgo can really move when he wants. Yeah, to. yeah. I don't know what that was. Uh, oh, and this is. I mean, the, and here comes the silent movie star music again. Um, it's like he's being attacked by the moths. Yeah, but this again, this this bit I remember from the my first watch though just shows you that they have to use every single scrap of footage because we're now watching a guy painfully dragging somebody around, and yeah. And we're still going, and still nothing's happening. Well, we've got to get our 32 seconds worth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right. Presumably in a minute, the clockwork camera will run out of steam, and they'll have to change... <laughs> clockwork cameras don't run on steam. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, I'm mixing my metaphors up. I'm also not entirely clear, is he... He's tying him up against... I mean, we can't really see, because the picture quality is so yeah. bad. But he and also because like moths keep getting in the way. <laughs> And the um, the bellows they've got connected to the saxophone. Yes, the, the medieval shawm that they <laughs> But uh, yeah, Torgo's tying Mike to the tree. Right. Uh, again, very which, slowly. Very slowly. Left over right, and right over left. <laughs> Apparently, the crew referred to the movie while they were making it as Mango's cans of fruit. But yeah, that's, you know... Manos is, of course, Spanish for hands. Well, you see, but that's just an example of how clever the writer was and how he thought everything through. And working titles included The Lodge of Sins and Fingers of Fate. Hmm. Fingers of Fate sounds terrible. Sounds a bit... It sounds a bit too dirty. Lodge of Sins, pos... No, it doesn't. Also, given that um, uh, Warren was unable to pay anybody, he promised them instead a cut of the profits. That's, but to be fair, that's how a lot of Hollywood films seem to work as well. Yeah. 
what film is it? Is it Return of the Jedi that famously hasn't gone into profit yet or something? I don't know about Return of the Jedi. And then I mean, one of the Harry Potter films, because one of the Harry Potter, um, the finances were leaked somehow, didn't they? And it showed these fabulous made-up expenses that the studio kind of charges. You see, it's, uh, it's the meeting with Sparks. Meanwhile, it's the crazy necking couple again. And they're back again, filling in the time. Mm. Um, it was the uh, budget for Sahara oh, right. that was leaked, and um, it included um, details about how... Oh, he's he's got a drunk face. Hmm. He's really making the most of that. Um, it, it, about how line items included bribes to local officials. That they were part of the budget, bribing wow. government officials in Morocco. Interesting. That, yeah. I would that that strikes me as being of dubious legality, but yes. <laughs> but it's nice that it's all properly accounted for. Well, um, it was because uh, Dirk Pitt, not Dirk Pitt, the name of the character. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the writer? Oh, Clive Cussler. Clive Cussler. Um, sued for profits or something. Oh, sued. And, the, and they ended up having to admit the film's budget as evidence. Oh, okay. We had another another cut from nothing to nothing. Yeah, yeah. You crazy kids with your jalopies and booze. Yes, you are. It's the same. That's, that's the same woman who does the voice for, for uh, Debbie. Yeah, yeah. No smart stuff. We ain't trying to jump on you. What? Just get. Yes, and yet the, somebody has gone to the trouble of putting in police radio sound effects as well, yeah. which seems like a, a weird touch of what was um, Richard Donner's favourite word, verisimilitude. Verisimilitude. Yeah, that was the one. I needed to take a longer run up at it. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep using this shot at well, they. Mm. It's he. It's it's yeah. it's one. They keep using that shot of the moon. I can't decide if the design of this guy's robe is really clever or really stupid. It kind of seems to exist in the middle ground between both. Um, because it looks... It's a very striking... When you see it like this, it's a very striking design. And then, of course, when he puts his arms in, you go, oh, it's a hand. It's, well, it's two hands. Yeah. I like it. I yeah. think it's... Um, it's thought, well, what he's going to wear a robe? Hmm. Well, it's it's a hand worshipping Carl. Oh, it's just pictures of hands. Yeah, oh, just a really big hand. Very, very stylized. It kind of looks like the John Poetry title sequence at times. <laughs> and again, <laughs> continuity is just something that happens to other people. <laughs> Hang on, he's going to do the funny walk. <laughs> It does remind me a bit of that. Um, I think it's um, Rutland Weekend Television. They did a sketch where the the joke was that the continuity was very bad, and it's two people having a conversation. Their clothes keep changing. Is it? You see. So that's Manos. Yes. I guess that's why I was getting confused, yeah. Oh, no, it was, yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure this is actually him doing his own speaking. Yeah. Um, what was his first name again? It's Tom Naiman. There, you see the hands. He's slightly better at dubbing himself 
than some of the other actors because his lip movements match up. I think, well, I think it's clear that he's the most experienced actor. Yeah. He's actually, given that this is a Z-grade nothing mm. film, he's actually not bad. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's, I mean, it's just a complete... <laughs> Again, this is something that Mystery Science did have picked up on, but it cuts to all his wives gossiping and he's just sitting there in the middle thinking... Oh, why did I even bother? Yeah. <laughs> I love. It's when they're all arguing as a group, and so they've obviously just like kind of looped. So one person just says something about, "Yes, I am the older wife. I should blah, blah, blah. And it's like the joke in it's South Park, isn't it? Where whenever they have crowds, the crowds walk around going "raffle, raffle, raffle." <laughs> <laughs> The movie's budget was $19,000. There must have been a lot of below-the-line costs, because I'm really not sure... Well, in present-day money, it's about 140000 Now, I'm... <laughs> Quiet. That was great. Very angry. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's it's a one-dimensional, <laughs> completely flat character. But he's they say, well, you know, might as well put in a bit of effort, making him sort of scary and weird. He does, as you say, and the dog's just wandering around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but always being held by its leash. So I don't know whether it disgraced itself at some point and needed to be secured. But that was something I kind of was was whenever you see it, the leash is always kind of going off. <laughs> so somebody's keeping a grip on it. Dogs wandered off now. Responsible for the child being here. Torgo, he's the one. Get Torgo. Stop you picking on Torgo. Yeah, he talk- we Although, having said that, I think the, the master does say later on that, that Torgo has been behaving abominably. <laughs> well, you know, he went out for his birthday party and got very drunk. Yeah, and you spoil the rod. Uh, yes. Because how many wives does... I mean, he doesn't appear to have time for any of his wives. They stand all their time... They spend all their time standing around in the trance while he lies on a stone slab. I'm kind of unsure what anybody gets out of this arrangement. Well, it's... It's a... It's a that was great. Um, it's a cult, and they yeah. worship the hand god. Yeah, I'm not going to make a Jeremy Beadle joke. <laughs> but on the other hand, sorry. oh, someone's going to hell. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, he raised a lot of money for charity. Yes, I think we should all give him a big hand. <laughs> Oh, oh, hang on. Oh, sorry. Oh, this. Oh, it's Dance of the. Uh... What? I'm willing to give them the benefit of that. That's a film break there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this ran in. Um... And then it suddenly turns into the Batley Towns Women Guild re- reenacting Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> There's. Well, you know, this is the kind of stuff that you want to see in a drive in movie. Yeah, I mean, it, to, a, to a certain extent it is. What, what's missing here is that kind of Austin Powers, Fembot-style sort of sexy grunting. <laughs> Did you ever see um, 
There's a Harry Enfield sketch called The Playboys, which is a spoof of um, like old ITC dramas. And there's one particular bit where the badly dubbed villain says, hey, you'll have to get past my lady mud wrestlers first. And as the Playboys wrestle the, the lady mud wrestlers, they do give these sort of little gasps of pleasure. And that's it's that sound effect that's missing from this, this sequence, where they it just kind of roll around on the floor a bit. Yeah, and they're just fighting about nothing I forgot really. what are they they don't want uh, the Some... girl to join the cult yes. they don't want little Dewey to become part of the cult because yeah. the master has enough wives yes and it's all Torgo's fault well yes it is but I mean the, the kind of the, the, the Benny Hill style music doesn't help on this bit it's like jazz but too fast yeah I mean <laughs> <laughs> they've is Torgo supposed to... is that his room I think I think what it is is that the wife and the daughter have taken Torgo have marched in and assumed that Torgo's bedroom is the one that they're going to get. <laughs> so he's sleeping in the in the dining room. Now. Yeah, basically. Be uh, careful, careful. <laughs> and now, because this film has no editing, we're going to have to watch the poor actor playing Torgo get up. You see what I mean about the dog? Someone's lead? holding his lead. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. See, the dog, see, there's supposed to be a hellhound. That's a lovely-looking dog. Yeah. Is that the other... As, as this is going on, I'll tell you another story. Yeah. Um, We've got time. Last, last week, I was uh, popped into the supermarket, and um, outside, there was um, quite a big dog. Like, you know, the hooch, Turner and Hooch right. dog. And those dogs can be a little bit mm. mean. But he seemed quite happy, so I just reached down and... Let him sniff my hand. And he gave my hand a bit of a sniff. And then just flopped on his back, hitting <laughs> his belly, and saying, Tickle me, tickle me, I'm your friend now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. When, when dogs that you think are tough turn out to be complete wimps, it's always kind of funny. Yeah. My village is The women have told me they may not be able to say anything or move when you're there. But they remember everything you say to them. Oh, that's all right. It's just saying them. And everything you do to them. And, oh, that's... Mm, yeah. And this is... I'm losing sympathy for talking. I am losing sympathy. <laughs> it is a bit like when you use somebody else's computer and you accidentally click on their internet history or something. Yeah. It sounds an awful lot like he cosbeat them. Well, yeah, this is true. But I have one now. This one is mine. You'll never get her. You have failed at the weird thing is, there's kind of a core of an interesting idea for a story. Yeah. That they've some stumbled upon some kind of satanic cult. Mm. But even within that cult, there's a bit of tension yeah. with the uh, the right-hand man yes, yeah. uh, of the leader wanting a bit of uh, multiple wife yeah. business for himself. And being kind of jealous. I mean, the, the whole thing about him supposedly being a, a, a satyr makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Even with you know, within the world of the, because because that sudden introduction of, it's again the, it's the lead singer of Sparks um, <laughs> it, it, that's, that introduction of supernatural elements into the film just kind of doesn't <laughs> not touching can't get mad not touching yes, can't yeah, get yeah. mad stop hitting yourself stop <laughs> he's going to do the James Finlayson one eye in a minute and I. I 
as yes, there is. <laughs> as much as I was trying to work out what was going on with this film, I, I was convinced they seemed to kill Torgo about three times because he says Torgo must be punished, and then he walks over and he's trying not to laugh. I oh, know he is laugh. Sorry, I thought I thought he was actually yeah. trying not to laugh. And then I, I thought this was the point when Torgo had been killed. And it's it's slumped back in the corner, but that's obviously not what's. It's just uh, bad direction. Yeah, yeah like not, the huge light coming in from the side there. Yeah, yes, and the fact that, that the master is now blocking Torgo so that we can't see. That's just very bad. And now, meanwhile, back in the post. Uh, oh, yes, it's one of the wives, isn't it? Yeah, but again, it's. I think it's just a very poor quality print because it looks like it's really overlit, mm. but it's not. It's just really, really light. Yeah. Like they've pushed the f-stop too far. Yeah, I suppose that might be. They are. Fil- they're filming at night. Is that's better? If, well, the, if the lighting isn't, it's pre- presumably they hired light. Uh, they must have. Hired yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah they, they it's not lights. just being lit by like car batteries, car headlights, car headlights or something. Um, oh no, I could imagine. Well. He did manage to get the spotlight for the premiere. Yes, so I wonder if they used the spotlight for this as well. But something's attracting the moths. Now, she's never seen him before. Yeah. She does seem to be a bit over-familiar. Yeah. Her resuscitation technique leaves a lot to be desired. At the kiss of life. Yeah, of course. And yeah, then yeah. Sort of and slaps then of life into the him. Slap of and then apparently punching him in the nuts. <laughs> it's like a Lars von Trier movie. <laughs> I think that's another film break, actually. Yeah. It's like a Lars von Trier movie. <laughs> and they're still fighting. Yes. And it's getting a bit nasty now. I mean, it's starting to... Eat, mess. eat, that, eat that sand. God, he's playing the music even faster now. The, well, you know. It's, there's probably a punchline there about a 12-inch pianist or something. But <laughs> Torgo trying to keep up with them. Oh, poor John Reynolds. I yeah. mean, that is. I really do. I mean, the fact, the fact that you know, he just seems to have been one. I mean, there, there is a story that I heard, which I really hope isn't true, that um, he developed an addiction to painkillers that he started taking because of the injuries to his legs from the, the oh, rigging God. he was wearing. And that's what contributed to him suicide. And that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I really hope that's not true. Yes. I mean, there's no... I mean, he, he shot himself. So there's kind of, you're hoping for the best case scenario of that, that maybe he fell over while he was cleaning it. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose... It's... it's there's no way to know with stuff like this. I mean, yeah. I just want him to have some dignity, and the, yeah. film, the film isn't helping that case. No. No, that's part of the problem. In a way, you just want it to be. Yeah. You want everybody to come out of this and go, "Well, that was an embarrassing thing, but I'll never make that mistake again." And that. And pretty, that much ev- the f- and pretty much everyone did. Yeah. Everyone knew they were making something that was pretty much rubbish, but it could have. Yeah. It could pay off in some way. Stop. What foolishness is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very lackluster slapping yeah. thing. She is the 
But, uh, yeah. And it's like with Plan 9 Matter Space. I mean, Bela Lugosi died, but it was, I mean, it was natural causes. Yeah, he yeah. was an old man and his health had been very poor. Everyone who worked on it, you know, they did, they did other stuff. They, yeah. they carried on, they had careers in some way. Mm. I mean, Wood, ne- Wood never obviously become a, a major name and he died before he, he really he yeah. became a, a byword for the B movie. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's just really sad what happened to John Rons, that this is the thing, he, he had a sad end to his life, and yeah. this is the thing that he's remembered for. And, like we said, he's making an effort. Yeah. Him and um, Tom Naiman are really trying. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they've they've been given a, a they've been given a bum steer, but they're doing their best with with it. Yeah. The, the 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 lady they're playing, um, one of the wives of the master, does not remind me of Barbara White from Doctor Who at times. I think it's just something about the hairstyle. It's, yeah, it's I think because this is 1966. Yeah, it would almost be the same. So it would, yeah. that would be a current style. Hmm. It takes a while for culture to reach Texas. I think. There's actually a remake of Plan 9 from Outer Space coming out soon. Is there? Oh. Okay. I, I, I'd be worried by saying like that because uh, the, you would kind of assume that it's gonna, they're going to try to be ironic or something. But. That's my concern. It, mm. uh, it seems to have a lot of internet people involved. Oh. Sort of like vi- YouTubers and that okay. kind of thing. But I've seen some of the names that I recognise, like um, Aaron Yonder and Matt Sloan who were behind the Chad Vader series. Oh. It was like Darth Vader's half-brother who runs a supermarket. Um, and Sloan also does a um, film review show right. with a friend of his, Matt Johnson, I think his last name. No, Craig Johnson, um, called Welcome to the Basement, which is relatively highbrow. Okay. Uh, and like one week they watch... Like, it's fortnightly. One, mm. like, one show they'll do uh, Beethoven, the dog movie. And next time they'll do, they, one we did recently was Akira Kurosawa's Dreams. Oh, okay. And they, actually, and they could appreciate it for what it was. And so they'll mix high and low quite yeah. happily. So hopefully it's not going to be. Yeah, it's not going to be hips being ironic. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be like Doug Walker and the Nostalgia Critic team where it's just massively unfunny. Hmm. Um, and again, Plan 9 has essentially a really interesting idea. Well, let's say interesting, it makes it sound like it's really high road, but it's like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, for, that's a reasonable... Uh, for a, 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 yeah. a, an exploitation movie. It's about aliens who want to stop the human race from developing super powerful weapons yeah. by launching a plague of zombies. Yeah. It's got, everything, it's got aliens and zombies, it's everything you need. Yes, yeah, I mean, you, you can almost... You, you can almost see somebody... Doing a sort of serious, a serious remake. I, I did see a trailer that was, I think, like put together on spec for a proposed serious version, mm. and I think this is going to lean more towards humour. Although yeah. it's such a fine line because you don't want to. It's very hard to do something deliberately badly. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I mean, when you look at something like Acorn Antiques, uh, Victoria Wood makes it look incredibly easy, but that. You, you need a tremendous amount of skill to uh, to make something look that bad. Yeah. Um, as as this is 
as a steer because this is so ham-fisted yeah. but with like as we said about Plan 9 Command Space the dialogue in that mm. is no one would think of writing like that deliberately future events such as these will affect you in the future yes yeah and um oh, what's that the flying sa- saucers you mean the kind from up there well luckily we're in here yeah it's like no one ta- no, no human talks like that no, there's a, there's a weird attempt to, uh, to to overwrite, yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of endearing when it comes from Edward because he uh, had he had big dreams. Yeah. I like to believe that the Tim Burton movie is very faithful to reality, I, rather I, than being somewhat romanticised, as yeah. I'm sure it is. I I, gen- I I've really got a fondness for for Edward. I think it's a terrific film. It's I, a great film. Um, I think it's Tim Burton's finest work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right. It's really sincere. Mm. He genuinely loves these movies. He doesn't care that they're rubbish. No, he loves the the care that the, what Wood thought was care mm. and the genuine passion that Wood had for for making films, yeah. even if he didn't know what he was doing. Yes. Whereas. Hal Warren oh I have no idea what's going because again it's a burning hand and now Torgo's hands caught fire runs off and that's the last we see of Torgo unfortunately but this this comes after the whole sequence where the master goes kill kill and the wives of the master kind of of rub him to death they, they kind of yeah, so he, a bit. he's been killed about three times, as far as I can tell, and he still isn't dead. I mean, he, he's the Timex of janitors. He takes the licking, but he keeps on ticking. I'm trying to think of an appropriate Faulty Towers line. Can't help you there. <laughs> Possibly something from the kid from the corpse. Or... Actually, that's what. Mr. <laughs> I on strike. <laughs> Yeah, as he runs, I stay in here is nice as he runs off yes I on strike the window Mike I saw him at that window okay honey we'll leave we'll leave is that the library do you think no I, yeah it's Torgo's reading <laughs> it's Torgo's drawing room yes yeah. surrounded by bound copies of the script for Man Us the Hands of Fate yes. your power failed you cannot endure destroy yeah, listen, I recommend watching the movie before you've been listening to this commentary. Yeah. Uh, in order to... Oh, oh! It's, you shouldn't be able to see his hairline no. quite so well, because you can see where the makeup stops. Yeah. You are losing your control. Even Jorgo defied you. Yeah, I mean, it is worth... Oh, look, look. <laughs> Again, so he's, he's figured out the idea of the cutaway. Yeah, finally. Um, but an out-of-focus shot of a burning thing. Yeah. That's... It's just how I like cut to an establishing shot. Yeah, you've cut to the moon again. Um, or the painting. Yes, yeah, we haven't cut to the painting for a while, have we? I think there is actually another shot of the painting right at the end of the movie. You know what? You're right. There is, but it's but again oh, no. used as a cutaway. It's when the when the family walk over to the temple set, or whatever it is, for the first time. You get a cutaway to the painting again, in case you've forgotten what the painting looked like. Um, it's 
going to go and insert a large garden mode in Torgo. <laughs> That's great. Well, he just returns back and scowls at the camera. Hmm. He's a good actor. I mean, um, apparently worked on the, the stage locally. I would be interested in seeing him, seeing the play that he'd been in. I th- you know, you, you get any number of people that are... There's any number of stories about actors that weren't very good, yeah. but work fine. There's a story about um, oh great, uh, I've managed to forget to blank on his name as I try to. But the, his his autobiography was called The Moons of Balloon. David Niven. David Niven. That apparently there was some film where he was in, and at the end of the film he had to look terribly upset and you know devastated by the events, and he couldn't pull it off. And in the end, the director told him to face away from the camera and just slump his shoulders. So they did that. They used that shot in the film. The music swelled, and everyone came away raving about what an amazing actor David Niven was. So you don't need to be. Uh, and what's sometimes more remarkable is when you get somebody like Vinnie Jones in X-Men 3 who gives a terrible performance in an environment when you can go, cut, let's try that again, Vinnie. Cut, let's try that. You know, and you look at some performances and you go, you were working in an environment where you can just keep going till you get something good and that was the best one you got. Yeah. Well, bear in mind that the, the, movie, the, the X-Men movie that Vinnie Jones did was directed by Brett Ratner. I'm. <laughs> that's it. What, so, what, I'm not sure what else he's done, to be honest. I'm aware it was uh, the Rush Hour movies. Oh, okay. And uh, Red Dragon, right? The remake of Manhunter, which weirdly is almost competent. It's actually it's it's fine, but he's mm. clearly just watched Silence of the Lambs thirty times yes, yes. to prepare, and then just copied everything that that did. Which is fair enough, because that was the whole point of making the movie in the first yes, place. Yeah. Did you see Hannibal Rising? Uh, no. The uh, Hannibal Lecter prequel. No. No, yeah. It's not very good. I kind of bailed on the whole series after The Silence of the Lambs, to be honest. Just Ridley Scott's Hannibal, I like. Um, I think it has some problems. I think there was a huge weight of expectation. Mm. Um, but then you've got Red Dragon, which is obviously not as good as a Michael Mann version of the same story. Yeah, and then Hannibal Rising, which killed the career of Peter Webber, the director, because he'd done Girl with Girl with a Pearl Earring. Oh, okay. Which was this really beautiful painterly hmm. uh, directed film, and then based on that, he did Hannibal Rising, and it's terrible. Hmm. It's and funny. I've seen it now marketed as a as a slasher movie. It's it's odd, isn't it, the way that people's careers. <laughs> I've, I just want to. The, 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 yeah, in the lair of the evil people, that's, that's the last fine. place they'll think of us being. And also, I mean, how far have they come that going back is a practical option? Because she's complaining about the fact that she can't go on. They can't have gone that far. I mean, the other presumably this film didn't have any access to stock footage, so that means somebody went out and pointed a camera at one that's like a very dangerous snake. And it's really close as yeah. well. My voice is broken. Yes, yeah, for some reason. The wrong way. I remember this being cited as a, as a particularly terrible scene. So they're coming out to search for something, mm. and then they get out of the car, and they have a quick look around. Mm. 
And then they... And yeah. then they get back in again. Yeah, I mean... That you sounded like shots. We better check. <laughs> this hour of the night, there can't be anybody out here. This is the boondock. Well, sound does travel a long way at night. It could be clear over in Mexico, for that matter. Yes, why bother investigating any crime? It could just be over the border. Hmm. Still, never mind. Let's go back to... Uh... Let's go back and annoy that couple again. What's he holding? I really what don't know. What is that? I, it's, it's... Well, that's, that's the search done. Yes. Now, I've made a film, and it, I think it was more professional than this. <laughs> even if we didn't even bother dubbing the sound afterwards. Well, that's, you know... That's, that, that's fine, but, you know... Oh, my God. They yeah. cut from a shot of nothing to the same shot. Yeah, yeah. Because they, because they didn't have... Because they assumed that they could. Yeah. Um, because I think it's because, again, it's the 32 seconds rule. Mm. I think, actually, we're almost right at the end. Yes, yeah, we're very close. Again, just a shot of the dog doing mm. nothing. And, then and, the, and a great out-of-focus shot. Yes, there. yeah. Because, well... But but look, at the door behind is perfectly in focus. <laughs> <laughs> so... And then you get this kind of terrible... Oh, no, I'm going to ruin the end. Um, this terrible kind of Tales of the Unexpected twist at the end. That Although the one bit I do like is they turn up and the new caretaker is Mike. Yeah. Um, that, again... It's, it's 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 an appropriate ending for the story. But it should have finished... That should have been the last shot. It's him going, I am Michael, I look after the house while the master is away. That is the last shot. No, could they pan across the forbidden Oh, no, you're right. Blade. Um, no, you're right. There's, there's a few inserts, isn't there? Yeah. What Again, something that they mentioned on Mystery Science Theatre is... Someone at this point they complain. Oh no, oh no! The movie's lapping itself. <laughs> you kind of imagine that the film could just go around in a circle and, and never actually end. Except these two are going to end up being wives. Yes. They're just driving through suburbia. You know, su- you know, suburban El Paso, presumably. I think so. And I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because there's a shape in the way of the camera. It's, it's, a, it's a human head. Oh, and again, again, again uh, we're looking at a mirror reflection of question mark. Yeah. You could just show the scenery. Yes. The or, scene- or just cut this out altogether. Stop wasting time. I would be quite happy with some. Yeah, I would be quite happy with some scenery. Uh, I'd, I'd quite happily look at. 1960s suburban not, not, I mean, not that barren as you said post-apocalyptic yeah. landscape from the beginning of the movie but yeah this is they, yeah, this they, is... they find a way to make what I can imagine could be quite photogenic mm. um, locations look absolutely hideous <laughs> and I think it's all I could be wrong. I mean, maybe they've they, they've varied the cameras, but but looking at this, is it all shot from like head height, as if they're just as, presumably as if someone's holding the camera up to their eye line? Because, a lot of it seems to be right. Yeah. I mean, that looks like it's filmed looking down. Yeah. Like. Yes, you're right. Then we have all these oh. very fast cutaways, including 
Wait for it. Holly on that no isn't yeah. Debbie is now one of the wives, which yeah. is again no, that's yeah, not no. that's not nice. I am no. Like that. I take care of the place while the master is away. Right, yeah. and, right so that works as the ending. And then we do actually you're right, we yeah. see the thing again. Yeah, my mistake. I didn't realise that, that was 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 the oh no, we've got some wobbly That's it's so sloppy. I mean they couldn't afford it well it's not necessarily they couldn't afford a tripod he might have thought oh that's an unnecessary expense yeah I mean I do wonder it, it, did you say it was done as a bet that they could make a film for a certain amount no it's just that they could do it oh okay or that he could do it because it's, it's all Hal Warren yeah but whether it was that thing of thinking well yeah who, why do you need a tripod that's just you know that's unnecessary expense and now we have the romantic of course ballad at the end of the movie to just sort of ease the audience out into the street as if they haven't already left yes as if they haven't already fled and burnt down the cinema on the way yeah um and it kind of gets disturbing like you have been watching at this point <laughs> <laughs> especially but he builds himself about fifth hmm and in theory he's the viewpoint character of the movie so he should be top I suppose it's kind of faux modesty isn't it that you don't want to you don't want to look like you're building up your part but yeah uh... well I think Manos is a fascinating artefact yeah. um, as one man's mind poured out on film for the pure bloody minded target of winning a bet with someone he's never going to see again yes um, it is both very funny and very instructive in terms of this is the sort of thing you shouldn't do mm. and look I mean laboratory deluxe general colour by Eastman which, um, so they presume and there you go optical sound Glenn Glenn in court so it's differently spelt though yes um, yeah, it is, isn't it? That, that's probably just down to whoever did the closing credits. To be <laughs> They're probably saving money by not having to do two ends. Yeah. So, see, screenplay. There was a screenplay. Yes. Um, and I like that they credit the music score. Yeah. Because... Um, I mean, there was music all the way through. Yeah, oh yeah, there was a lot of music. So, listener, I hope you enjoyed this um, look through the looking glass at one of the worst films I've ever seen. But you can't deny it's pretty entertaining. Oh yes, definitely. Or is it? Question mark. Only you can tell. So, friends, let us be thankful that we have survived the terrible nightmare that is Manos, the hands of fate. Thanks to Chris for making time for this recording. Cinema Limbo is on iTunes, with around two dozen episodes available, so please subscribe, download and review before it gets dark. But until next time, friends, remember... Is that figure in the darkness merely a shadow of the past? Or an alien being from the future? Farewell. You have been listening to Cinema Limbo. 
hosted and produced by Jeremy Phillips, edited by Martin Fenton, with music by Philip Alderman. Cinema Limbo is part of the Podnose Podcast Network. Come and visit us at www.podnose.com. Cinema Limbo podcast is part of Podnose, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. For episode archives of Cinema Limbo and all of the shows on the network, visit us at www.podnose.com. You can also follow us on Twitter via at Podnose or send us an email via admin at podnose.com. <laughs>